0: And I hit the button, but nothing happened here. So I don't know if, uh, if Chris, no, am I doing that or are you? Yeah. Click on the PowerPoint, uh, screen. Try now. There you go. Okay. Awesome. Um. So back in our study of victory in Exodus, uh, today we're going to be talking about victory and testimony. I think you're going to need to click it again. I'm not getting anything from the from the keyboard. I don't, I think they're, oh, thank you. So go ahead and turn to Exodus chapter 12, or Exodus chapter 18, I'm sorry, verses, uh, I think I said 1 through 12 here. So we've got handouts, uh, we've got a couple of different handouts today, but Exodus, uh, I did a, another horrible job of dividing those up so who knows how what what you'll need uh, I was asked if I was gonna play a little ditty this morning so thank you can you all see uh, with this in the way do you want me to move it I can do that I can do it easily Oh, you yes which is really super important oh no turn that off that I don't really want that on I'm not really singing a ditty no, no. Okay. Nope, I can't. Um, all right, so Exodus chapter 18, starting in verses 1 through 6. Now, all of it is not on your... Um, yeah, it's still not advancing, so I'm going to need you to... I'll just say ding, or you can open it up in a Bible app or on your in your actual paper Bible. In and, and there we go, thank you. So in Exodus 18, 1 through 6, when Jethro paper yeah it's 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 got sometimes it's got leather on the outside it looks kind of like this yeah um oh wow now i think i'm doing it oh yeah yeah okay there we go all right it's working now all right so when jethro the priest of midian moses' father-in-law heard of all that god had done for moses and for his israel his people and the lord had brought israel out of egypt then jethro moses' father-in-law took zipporah moses' wife after he had sent her back, and her two sons, of which the name of one was Gershom, for he said, I have been an alien in a strange land. And the name of the other was Eliezer, uh, for the god of my father said he was mine help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife unto Moses in the wilderness, where he encamped at the mount of God. And he said unto Moses, I, thy father-in-law, Jethro, am come unto thee, and thy wife, and her two sons with thee. So there's kind of an announcement. It feels a little clunky, but I'm sure there was some sort of custom of the day associated with that. So for, for a few minutes, I want to talk about this value of a reunion. So there is value in a reunion of someone you have spent time with and you want to spend time with again. You know, when somebody hasn't been at the church for a minute... When somebody has been out of my life, or I have been out of their life, just depending upon situations, no judgment, just different situations, it's good to see each other. I ran into a buddy at at uh, Walmart a few weeks ago, and it was it was just really good to see him. You know, we hugged and we caught up for a quick minute. Uh, it always seems like I'm never quite prepared for those kind of reunions, right? I'm I'm wearing flip flops and I'm the shorts that have paint on it from one time when I painted, or something like I'm never dressed up for. Those kinds of reunions, but they're always good to see your brothers and sisters in the Lord. I know Michelle and I ran into a lady um, a, a lady from our, our old church, uh, the church we went to before we came here uh, at, a, at a restaurant. She was out with some some girls she ministered with the, with the junior high kids and then just a few months later died of COVID. Like it was really good to see her. like it was good to see her in her ministry element. And that's kind of the last memory we have of her, right? And it's good. Those reunions are important. So we shouldn't undermine the value of reconnecting with people. Sometimes we can encourage those. Sometimes we can reach out. I sent a text to somebody that I hadn't talked to in several months that I really miss. And I just, I just told them I loved them and, and I missed them. And end, the end, period, send. You know, I just, if, if, we, can, if we can get together, great. If we can't that 's okay too, I guess, but but I love him. I, want, I would love to see him, so Paul saw the value of a reunion in Second Timothy. All of these verses are in Second Timothy, but in verse uh, one or chapter one, verse four, he said he was greatly desiring to see thee, Timothy, that I may be filled with joy, like Paul, who had ministered alongside of Timothy for years, but they had been apart for some period of time. I don't know the exact period of time they had been apart, but Paul wanted to see him. And it was going to bring him joy. It was going to bring jo- uh, Paul joy just to be in his in his presence. I'm sure Moses missed his wife and missed his kids and wanted to be back in their presence. Oh and and I guess it's good to see you too, father-in-law, you know, but but the value of a reunion is tangible, right? It's tangible. Paul continues in 2 Timothy and he says, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. I don't know if you catch, but that's that's like a sense of urgency. You know, do everything you can to get here as soon as you can. Because I love you, man. I love you. I want to see you. And even kind of as toward the the closing of the book, do thy diligence to come before winter. And he asks him for some things associated with that, some parchments and some things that were valuable to him. But do thy diligence to come before winter. I really need to see you before I have to go through a difficult winter. Like, just please, please. And in part, I think it was the winter, but in part, that would have prohibited him from traveling. And if he didn't get done before winter, then it was going to be even longer. So he was really, really encouraging him. Jesus actually saw the value of a reunion. Uh, in John 14, Verse three, before he leaves, he says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will receive you unto myself that where I am there, ye may be also like Jesus knows he's going to be off the scene physically with his disciples. And he's like, I'm going go to go in and prepare a place and, but I'm going to, I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Our, our fellowship in the Lord is important, Right. He even, in Matthew 26, addresses it, but I say unto you, and, and this is one of the favorite things I like about, I think I shared this maybe uh, when we did the Lord's Supper the last time. Uh, it was on a Tuesday night. Uh, but I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of the fruit of this vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. We are continuing to take the Lord's Supper, but he is patiently waiting He is abstaining from that celebration until we get there. He's anticipating us. So he isn't just going to prepare a place for us. He's making sure it's outfitted correctly. We're going to have an amazing wedding, an amazing wedding celebration when we get there. It's going to be good stuff. There's value in a reunion. So don't miss those. There have been times, and I'm, I'm... I guess I'll say I'm man enough, I'm stupid enough, I guess, to share with you that there have been a few times at the same Walmart. Uh, I actually saw somebody at Home Depot. Those are the two places I feel like I go Walmart and Home Depot. I don't, like, I don't know where you go. Michelle, it seems like it's the Walmart, maybe in the in Hy-Vee. I don't know. It's just a little bit different for us. So I go get like screws and light bulbs, and she goes get some food and stuff. I don't know. Anyway, so I, I saw a guy at, at Home Depot. That I hadn't seen in, I don't even think I told you this, Um, probably hadn't seen in three years. And he wasn't one of my favorite guys. So I I just kind of turned and went this way. So I don't think he saw me. Um, Maybe he did. He didn't come. He he probably did the same thing. But but look, we, we should embrace the reunion. We should embrace the reunion. Um, hopefully he's not listening to this right now in any way, shape or form. So victory principle number one, absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? Absence really does make the heart grow fonder. That is a thing. It's a thing. I'm sure there's some psychological term for it—disconnected, attractedness, or you know, like disassociated connection, or something. I, uh, there's probably a five-dollar term that somebody's come up with for the fact that when you don't spend time with people that you care about, you know. I, 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 have, I have a business trip this week, and it's three sleeps away from home, three. And so inevitably, when I'm heading to the airport. I will call Michelle and I'll say I'm making my way back to you babe with a burning love inside and then she hangs up on me cuz she can't stand my singing but sometimes I've texted it because it's it's um it's a little it can get a little awkward so uh people in line and getting in the airplane are like so um So absence made the heart grow fonder. Let's move on. All right. So the struggle. Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and did obeisance and kissed him. And they asked each other of their welfare. And they came into the tent and Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done unto Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake and all the travail that had come upon them by the way and how the Lord delivered them. So Moses saw that his welfare was intimately connected to the Lord's provision. I don't know if you, if you, if you see this. We're just going to spend a, a brief amount of time on this. But all that the Lord had done and how the Lord delivered them. The Pharaoh and the Egyptians were the problem, but the Lord was the solution. You don't hear Moses say, but guess what I did? You don't hear him say, so, so I had to go into Pharaoh and, and, I, and I polished up my speech real good because you know I have trouble speaking. But this is what I did when I showed up to Pharaoh. I told him, no, you don't see Moses. Moses realized he's arguably one of the least important members of this story. God did the work, right? God did the work. So all that the Lord had done. And then he's like, and, and how the Lord delivered them. So there was travail in the way. Uh, and all the travail that had come upon them, by the way, and how the Lord delivered them. Not just him from the challenges that people wanted to stone him or kill him because he was a leader and they didn't have food or water or whatever, but the Lord delivered. So it's a really important perspective that Moses has that even though he has this leadership responsibility in the movement of a lot of people, and the Exodus, and all the plagues, and all the times that he interacted with Pharaoh but none of it was about him. None of it was about him. It's an important point to note that you are his workmanship. You are his workmanship. According to Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. He wants, it is his will that we should walk in good works. He wants to build us up into good works. Now, that's not the basis of our salvation. The basis of our salvation is his, is his grace, but we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship. Now, we have trouble with this a little bit because when we make something, whether it's something that, I, uh, you know, and I, I'm not going to try to be gender-like bias here, but, like, if you make a, an amazing dinner... Or you make a, a thing, a craft, or, or something, or uh, you know, I made I made the gifts. Or, so stick around here long enough. At Christmas, you'll get a gift made by Mitch Dobson and Michelle. It's like we'll 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 make you a little something. I take pleasure in the workmanship, I take pleasure in that which is created. Now, it's not that big of a deal, like I don't feel puffed up about it, because you've probably, those of you who got them last year have already seen, maybe they've already fallen apart, I don't know. Um, But you've seen all all the inadequacies and imperfections, and you're like, Mitch really isn't that good at this. So, but Jesus, the Lord is actually very good at the work he does. And he's working in every one of you. He's working at you. He's working in you. He's working on you. He's working around you. All for his glory. And you overcome by your testimony of his working. That's what Moses does to Jethro. He doesn't point to himself. He points to the Lord. This is what I got to see God do. Now, I happen to be there, Jethro, but God did this work. That's amazing. Revelation 12, Sam even referenced it this morning. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. The word of their testimony isn't the ability to break down a, 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 an apologetic argument about your faith. Like that's not what God's called you to do. Now, we need to be generally prepared. We need to understand our faith. We need to... That's why discipleship is so important in this church. One-on-one, systematic. We're going to walk you through Scripture, some of the key foundational doctrines in the, in the Bible so that you're sure about what you believe. You understand it. It's important. But it's not your ability to quote Scripture. It's not your ability to, you know... <laughs> You know, expound on everything from Genesis to Revelation and everything about Nephilim and like that's not the issue. Matter of fact, the folks that I feel like have gone down those roads are the ones that are the they focus on themselves more than they focus on the Lord. The Lord does the work. Your testimony, Moses' testimony, should be about what God has done in your life, not what you have accomplished. That's not your testimony or testifying of him. That's called being cocky. Right? And and so you overcome by your testimony of his working. So victory principle number two, your testimony of the Lord's work is significant. It's significant. You may not think it is. You may have a testimony of salvation where you were seven years old and one day came home because somebody preached a message and the Lord and, and you never did anything all that naughty. I mean one time you hit another kid in the sandbox and that's oh my gosh. And then another time you like had you grabbed a cookie when your mom wasn't looking. Like, okay, it's not about who was bad enough before we got saved, right? It's about what the Lord has done in you. He died on the cross to pay for your sins, past, present, and future. He did that work. How has he changed you? How has he continued to work in your life? That's your testimony. Okay? So we're going to do a small group practicum today. Some of you like these slides that are dark because that means we're going to probably break up. Some of you don't. I understand if you don't like it but you're gonna have to roll with it so we're gonna talk about the structure of a testimony for just a second now we're not we're not going to take the time to look at this but in Acts 22 Sam passed this out it was on the back of the page a couple weeks ago maybe even just last week Um, the structure of a testimony of Acts out of Acts 22 Paul talks about his life without Christ then he talks about how he encounters Christ then he talks about how God is at work in his life in his how God was at work and is at work and the impact to his life now, okay? So what we're going to do is you're going to, don't move yet, you're going to get in small groups. I'm asking you respectfully to not get in groups more than four, okay? Don't make me split you up. That was a joke. I'm not going to do it. But try to get in small enough groups because I want people to share and that you have a worksheet there's a and I've got enough I think for two for everybody there's a life without Christ and encountering Christ got at work and impact now so this is you'll have this I'll pass this out and you're gonna tell each other your testimony okay and you're gonna say how was my life without Christ and maybe just a couple of bullets try to keep it brief because we don't have a ton of time okay like I was really pursuing money in a career or I was trying to get all the girls. Or I was more worried about material things. Whatever it is, just really brief, okay? And the person who's taking the notes may be called on to come up here to give the testimony about the other person, okay? If we have time for that. So the key is you need to take good enough notes. It's, this is not a long story. This is a boom, <clears throat> you know? I was, a, I was a cocky, arrogant son of a gun when I was in high school before I got saved. But I was in a car wreck. <coughs> and when I was in a car wreck, I realized God was trying, trying to get a hold of me. And he, he caused somebody to share the gospel with me. And it was the first time the gospel made logical sense in my life and I accepted Christ. After that, I wanted to serve him. To serve him. I wanted to learn more about him. right? So I went through discipleship. I ended up going through an unaccredited Bible institute. I ended up going on a, on, on a mission trips and, and on a team, the church planning team, ended up being ordained in the ministry. And let me just tell you, God is at work because I'm seeing God work in my family. I'm seeing God work in the church I'm at and in my ministry. I just gave you my testimony. Okay? Boom. Very, just boom, boom, boom. Okay? So go ahead and break up. You'll have these. And you know, make sure everybody has somebody to work with. And I know we've got some, some, some kids in here today, and they can just hang out. They won't count toward the groups. But go ahead, break up. I'll get these to you. Go find people amazing as Joshua's in the sense that it was so drastic and in such a depth of depravity. But if you are saved this morning, he did the exact same thing because you were not ever able to work out of your own sin, right? You were just not able to. And we don't have time to bring anybody up and everybody says, Whew, right? But here's the deal. You've heard Sam talk about testimonies and wanting to give testimonies. I am going to ask that if you heard a testimony that you thought others should hear, grab me, text me, send me a message, grab Michelle something. And we'll talk. We'll talk privately We can even have somebody else give your testimony. Some of you have witnessed baptisms where a pastor will stand there and deliver the testimony because the person can't. It's okay. The evidence of the changed life is what people need to see. Okay? It doesn't have to be some flashy, amazing story. Right? So it's okay. And we're not looking for salacious... We're not looking for just, oh my gosh, this person who's the uh, performer or artist or whatever of the year in the porn industry. Like we don't need that. That's not what we're after. But if you have an amazing story, I I had, I had a, 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 a morning beverage this week with somebody who told me an amazing story about how God moved in their life. So, so it's, it's cool how, whatever your story is, maybe others need to hear it. Now, so, this was the, the so that was just a placeholder. So, the, the end part here, Exodus 18 9 through 12, this is back on your page. Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel. So, Jethro was pleased about what happened in Israel whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who hath delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh, who hath delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods, for in, for in the thing wherein they dealt proudly he was above them and Jethro Moses father-in-law took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God and Aaron came and all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses father-in-law before God so what we see here is the power of a testimony causes Jethro to rejoice just like in Acts 16 in verse 34 when he had brought them into his house he set meat before them they rejoiced believing in God with all his house People can rejoice in God. They break down the walls of God's not fair, what happened in the Crusades, and you know, like all these like, stupid arguments about you know, why does bad ha- things happen to good people, and all these things, when they see the power of God work in your life, in your testimony. The priest of Midian chooses the Almighty God. He rejoices. He also, is, he also blessed in Psalm 103, verse 22. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. We see Jethro not just rejoice, but we actually see him want to interact with God in a way he had never done it before. And then he also realized, this is amazing to me. In verse 11, now I know that the Lord... Lord God Almighty is greater than all gods whatever whatever the priest of Midian had been doing, Jethro was the priest of Midian, whatever he had been doing, he now came to the conclusion that the Lord Almighty was God, all through the power of a testimony, through the power of a testimony, and then he's compelled he sacrifices. Just like in Philippians 4, eight an odor, 18, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. He sacrifices. This is the pattern or a picture of Jethro's salvation. It's Old Test, excuse me It's Old Testament. It's before the law. Like there's a lot going on here doctrinally, dispensationally. But this is a picture of someone coming to Christ because of the power of testimony. And then the very last verse you see in Jethro, Moses' father-in-law took this burnt offering and sacrifices, colon, and as a result of his new relationship in God, Aaron came and all the Israel, elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. He was joined in fellowship in John 1, uh, 1 John 1, 3, that ye may also have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. That's the essence of biblical, uh, biblical uh, fellowship. So victory principle number three, and then we'll, we'll close today. Your testimony <clears throat> may be the key. Use it. It's not necessarily just your testimony of salvation. Some of you were as moved to the fact that he went to seminary as you were by the, the salvation story. This guy wasn't content with just having new life. He wanted to grow in his relationship. That's powerful. He didn't use his get out of jail free card so that he could continue living just some mediocre, some life that... Do you realize how awkward that's going to be when he tells his testimony over and over again with people? Or how, and I've joked with a couple of you, how awkward it might be if someone from the church recognizes him? That's going to be a challenge for him for some time. But you know what? He's pressing forward in his faith. He's a new man. He's literally a new man. So you've heard Sam. Some of you have heard Sam push. I am praying for multiple testimonies out of this fellowship to be shared in the church. Okay. I don't know who that is. I am not going to choose. I am not going to call you out. I'm not going to say I think yours is better than yours. We're going to trust the Lord for the timing, for what people need to hear. And if you can't deliver it out of your mouth, we will have a brother or sister in Christ stand next to you and deliver it for you, with you. Okay? We will get this done. But it will all be to the glory of the Lord. Because he's the one that delivered Israel. He's the one that compels uh, Jethro. Jethro sees God at work. And that is sufficient. Let's pray, Lord. We thank you for the time in your Word. We thank you for the time uh, sharing our own testimonies among us. We thank you for Joshua's testimony. I, uh, there's part of me that would love uh, to shake his hand and, and tell him how much of a blessing his testimony is. And 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 Lord, thank you for uh, the ministry of, te- of the testimony. Uh, we rely on it for commercials, we testimonials. We rely on it for. Uh, references on Yelp and everything else. But for some reason, we're hesitant to share what you did in our life that can only be explained by an amazing, loving God. Help us to share our testimony. Help us to, to share it the right way in the right place at the right time so that people can really see you are good and that they can have a relationship with you as well. We love you and thank you and ask these things in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for the flexibility today. Uh, Next week, probably be a little more traditional class. Have a great day in the Lord.